If Joel Embiid and Rudy Gobert had a love child together, that would be Evan Mobley out of USC, who was just recently drafted the Cavaliers. Gonna be the best player from this draft. Peyton Manning had two Hall of Fame careers, one with the Colts, one with the Broncos. Therefore, he is the greatest quarterback of all time. Stats don't lie. Welcome back to Bad Takes. I'm TJ Cleland here. If you're just now listening and missed the first episode, if you find yourself thinking, man, these guys sound like dumb college kids, then you would be correct. We are two dumb college kids that talk about sports, and we're going to keep doing that today with our NBA offseason special. So, first off, LiAngelo Ball made his summer league debut for the Charlotte Hornets. And the question that everybody wants to know, Braden Shelton, are you a big baller? Not in LiAngelo Ball's case. I don't know why they keep giving us two chances. We we already know he's not going to make it to the NBA, but I mean, he did display some shooting ability last night. I can't, you know, take that away from him. He's got, you know, good good jump shot, much better than Lonzo for sure, and he dropped 16 points. Um, and it's fun to watch the like Ball brothers play, and it would be awesome if LiAngelo could make it back to the league. I'm really glad that. Like Lavar, we don't hear from very much anymore. But like, the dude is a shooter. I and he's the best shooter out of the three, in my opinion. But he can't really do anything else. Definitely doesn't have the playmaking ability of his two other brothers. And I don't really see him ever making it to the NBA. But is it entertaining to watch and follow? Yes. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Uh, on I will the be the first to say big that. Return? I wouldn't be the first to say that while I was in high school, I was all about the big baller brand. I had a hoodie. I wanted to buy the shoes. <laughs> I was all about LeVar Ball. I thought the dude was awesome. I was all about the Ball Brothers. So the fact that all three of them have a chance to finally all be in the NBA is awesome to me. I want to see LiAngelo be. I mean, he's going to be a bench player for whatever he plays for. He's not going to be a starter. He, I don't think he ever will be a starter in the NBA. But to see him, I could definitely see him being on the Hornets with his brother just as a – just an incentive to keep his brother in Charlotte basically is another thing. So I hope that he gets some playing time and makes the most out of it. Cause I think that he's pretty good. I think that he has the potential to be, he had the potential to be really probably the best out of the three, but now probably what? dude no. back in high school, he was the best one out of the three of them in high school. And then he just threw it all away because he was an idiot when he was in college. Cause he's the oldest one. And he well, he's not long as the oldest one. Oh, is he really? Come on, man. Get your Chino hose well, back. He's, you're right. You're right. Okay. But how much did you spend on that big baller brand hoodie? I feel like <laughs> just like you're just biased, bro. There's no way Leangelo's the best. He was going to be the best. Like, like I said, he's the best player. shooter. He's the best shooter for sure. But best player, nah. Now he's definitely not. Now that Lamelo's like six foot. How big is he? Like six foot eight or whatever. He's yeah, he's six eight, like point forward, yeah. and he's like he's up to scoring ability. Like I, he is good. His efficiency is up too. Which yeah, is I've all, I've been about him forever. I have a Lamelo Ball uh, Vita jersey from whenever he played in Lithuania. Like I'm all about the ball brothers. <laughs> so I want to see him all succeed. You awesome. answer answer the question though. How much was that hoodie, dude? <laughs> the hoodies were only like 50 bucks like compared to the t-shirts oh, okay. that were also like 50 bucks it's kind of steel so oh okay 
All right, I, I didn't. That. I did not. I didn't dish out the three hundred bucks for the pair of Alonzo shoes. So yeah, that that's where they really get you. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, what else happened? The Philadelphia Phillies, they're getting hot. They swept the Mets. Bryce Harper is absolutely going off. And we talked about the NL MVP race a little bit last time, and we didn't really know who the front front runner was is that Bryce Harper now yeah in my honest opinion I feel like Bryce Harper probably listened to episode one and got pissed so he started hitting the crap out of the ball so <laughs> that's the only logical explanation of why he's having such a tear that he's having so but yeah I mean if he keeps doing this then I can definitely see that because I mean we went back and forth on who the MVP of the NL is going to be because right now it just looks like it's Jacob DeGrom and this is finally giving him a run for his money basically so good to see some competition in the NL MVP race and I I like to see them win the East basically because I mean I like Phillies I think they have the potential to do something in the playoffs with Real Muto and Harper and I mean they have a good team all the way around I feel like yeah so, Zach Wheeler Zach Wheeler, Zach Wheeler went off the other day yeah for sure so they have a good goal they have a good team so I like to see them in the playoffs more than I'd like to see the Mets in the playoffs <laughs> Yeah, so do you see the Phillies winning the East, or do you think the Mets or the Braves will catch them? What are you thinking? Uh, I see the Phillies doing it. I can see them keep going. I think that the Mets aren't all the way healthy, so I don't think – I think that a healthy Mets team might be able to take them, but I think that the Phillies have the momentum going at the right time, and I see them taking it. So, hmm. See, I think that the Braves are going to end up winning it. They have the best, um, like, run differential by far of any team in the NL East. It's just, you know, Acuna's out, and he's there yeah. by far if the best Acuna, player. Yeah, if the, if the Braves are healthy, it's the Braves winning it. Acuna was going, having the most insane year. For real, but yeah. I think Freddie Freeman, I think he's going to carry him to the playoffs uh, in, yeah. one, in one way or another. But, I mean, I'd like to see this Phillies versus Braves race, and the Phillies haven't really been in contention since the like Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard days. So it'd be cool. It really would to see a new generation of Philadelphia baseball. I like seeing that all those stuff light up in the outfield and everything like that in the playoffs would be cool. Yes. Is is it Citizens Bank? Mm -hmm. Citizens Bank. Yeah. Yeah. I like it too. So another happening in sports is the uh, NFL inducted some new players into the Hall of Fame, including Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, Troy Polamalu, all inducted last night. Got some gold jackets. Where do you see them ranking on the all-time lists at their positions? Whew, that's a tough question. Um, Peyton Manning, you know, is probably the best regular season quarterback of all time. Um, but he's definitely behind, you know, Tom Brady and Joe Montana I'd probably rank him a little bit ahead of Dan Marino. So I guess, I guess I put him third. Maybe he's probably, there's probably some people I'm not thinking about, but as far as recent players from like the eighties on the, the third best and definitely the second best of our generation. Um, Calvin Johnson is the best wide receiver of our generation. And he's not, you know, he had the skill to be the best ever, but since he retired pretty early at 29 or 30, yeah, for sure. he doesn't get the recognition that he probably deserves. Like Randy Moss is 
so like so far ahead um mm-hmm. and he's probably you know top 10 definitely top three in skill um but it would have been nice to see a full calvin johnson career on a team that wasn't the lions that kind of yeah <laughs> put it the dip in it but i mean he did have a decent quarterback in matthew stafford so he was able to have a pretty successful career troy palomalu you don't really hear much about safeties as far as the best players of all time yeah. all, all i'm gonna say is he's got great hair i like i'm not gonna rank him i'll say he's his hair is makes him number one. Oh man all right okay you're not gonna like me for this one I've said it before, and I'm going to keep sticking by it. Peyton's number one. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm going to stick by my words. I think Peyton is the greatest based on his regular season stats and everything. Just puts him ahead of Brady. Brady has more clutch wins, but Brady also kind of had a really good team for a while. I will admit I was impressed with Brady by winning in Tampa Bay, and it really shut me up on my arguments, but I'm just going to stick to it and not be a hypocrite, and I'm going to keep saying Peyton is number one. Dude, yeah, you're capping. Even you know you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, but it's like I was Peyton Manning. The, the Tommy check down, Tom, Tom Brady's check downs, Tommy check downs. <laughs> you just throw five-yard yeah. little slants the whole game and just uh, – the system quarterback, Tom Brady's the system quarterback stuff. Yeah, exactly. Peyton Manning on the Broncos, I think it was like 2011, where he threw for over 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns and hardly any interceptions. That was probably the greatest season I've ever like been alive to see, uh, which, you know, that was with a relatively new team. I don't know what season uh, that was with the Broncos, but he was new to the team because um, yeah. he'd been with the Colts and that was very impressive I just I wish that he would have had more postseason success because I like Peyton Manning but his brother Eli has just as many Super Bowl wins as him like I just I don't know I don't know how to I feel mean, about Peyton still Manning. to this day Peyton Manning holds the most career single season passing yards the most 4,000 yard seasons the most 400 yard games <laughs> the most touchdown passes in a season like these stats are hard to put. Like I understand Tom Brady's got all the rings, man, and I just don't think that that makes Tom Brady the better quarterback. That therefore, I'm sticking to my guns, and I'm going Peyton Manning. And people are gonna think I'm an idiot for that, but I'm sticking to my guns. See, I I respect the like thought process there, and like I said, he's definitely the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. But to be the goat, you gotta have that postseason success you gotta have that good team like tom brady did that that he's won it with two different teams he won it in his first year with a brand new team i don't if that doesn't prove to you that it wasn't that he was in you know the right system then i don't know what to tell you and he did get some luck i will say like yeah 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 the tuck rule like <laughs> d4 <laughs> not knowing where he was standing yeah um <laughs> and he should have like three less rings but he also like could have beat the giants in either one of the super bowls he lost to them the e- the eagles game was fairly close like just some things go his way or not his way he could have you know two more super bowls or three less it just it's just how 
the ball falls sometimes. Anyways, keeping going on the question here, Calvin Johnson, all time, I'd say I'm putting him. I mean, skill-wise, I agree. I think he's definitely up there at the top, skill-wise. But um, all time, I'd say he's not ahead of Jerry Rice. He's not ahead of – Yeah. Uh, um, I'm blanking here. Help me. Randy Moss. Randy Moss, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking Patriots. I just – I couldn't think of Jerry Rice either. So, yeah. you got so, me. <laughs> uh, definitely behind those two. And I would even disagree with you on the fact that he's not the greatest of our generation. Skill-wise, he is. But I'm putting Larry Fitzgerald above him generationally. Oh, yeah. I think Larry Fitzgerald had a better, uh, okay. has had a better career because, I mean, he retired when he was – what do you say, 28 is when Johnson retired? I think he retired at 29. Something like that, yeah, still yeah. early. So, if he would have kept going, for sure, he's going to be up there way higher. But – and then Paul and Alu, yeah, like, I'm not going to sit here and argue the greatest strong safeties of all time with you. <laughs> yeah, no. So, definitely one of the memorable – most memorable defenders, I feel like, when it comes to, like, defenders, I think, of Troy Polamalu. So. For sure. And he's got that great, like, commercial yeah. with Patrick Mahomes yeah. now. That's all I think of now is Troy Polamalu and the head and shoulders yeah. commercials. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, going to the Olympics here, uh, USA basketball wins gold in men's and women's. Women just won their seventh straight gold medal in the Olympics, dating back to, what would that be? Uh, like 90, 92, I think. Man, that's some quick math, dude. You got, you got <laughs> there. Uh, yeah. So Sue Bird and uh, Tarasi both just won their fifth gold medals with Team USA, wow. which is insane. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and then on the men's side, everybody kept saying at the beginning, there's the video of kd talking about where he's walking up the stairs and just bashing on kendrick perkins and all these analysis or saying mm-hmm. oh, the other, other countries are catching up with team usa he's like no they're not man so i definitely think that there is it, it's kind of crazy like i watched the championship game just kind of crazy to watch like france had multiple nba starters on their team like batum mm-hmm. and uh gobert and fournier like all our nba starters which is which is kind of crazy to think about, which you don't think about that. Whenever you go to the Olympics, you just think about like, oh yeah, Team USA is just going to run through these teams because we've got a bunch of NBA players. Like, yeah, I mean, these teams have NBA stars on their teams. Like, they're not like bus. So, yeah, I agree. Um, it's pretty cool to watch them continue to dominate. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Like, I know some people are going to say I'm not America American for this, but I was rooting for Slovenia. Um, because I'm a Mavericks fan and a Luka guy. Uh, so I really wanted to see them versus USA in the championship. And France put up a fight against USA basketball. And even though that they had, even though they had stars on their team, they were against some superstars like Devin Booker, like Kevin Durant, like Jason Tatum. And like, they really did. They only lost by five points, 87 to 82. And I was impressed with France. I thought that they were going to get run out of the building, honestly, once they met USA in the championship. And they were obviously just like, USA was obviously just dogging it for those exhibitions. Like they didn't care. I think they actually like wanted people to doubt them and just kind of draw some media attention, but they took care of business and I'm, that's no surprise i never thought that they weren't going to get the gold um and they proved a lot of people wrong 
and proved me right. So thank I thank them for that, I guess. And All right, a couple more briefs here. We'll wrap it up and then head to the meat of the episode. So what else you got going on? If did you see that Dodger ball girl like just take down that <laughs> yeah. dude who was running on the field? Nailed like knocking over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you guys haven't seen that, definitely check that out. That that's something that will live on forever. Yeah. And so. you know, like last week on our episode, we kind of I talked trash on the globalization of baseball in other countries just for Japan to kick our butt in the Olympic gold medal game and absolutely shut us out two to nothing. So I, I eat my words there. Japan gets a hometown gold medal. So congratulations to them. And also we talked about how the AL East was definitely going to be the Rays of the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and Yankees shouldn't have bought at the deadline. And they got hot. Like right after yeah, I saw the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays have won seven of their last nine since the trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. The so, Yankees are hot too. They're both like just two or three games out of a wild card spot. So again, just like Bryce Harper, they probably listened to the podcast last week and just decided that they're going to start trying. So yeah. And also Obviously. like if this podcast reached Japan too, like <laughs> we're getting out there, dude, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Uh-huh. So, um, all right, so we can talk about Brock Holt through the slowest yes. strike ever recorded yesterday. That was <laughs> that was pretty awesome. It wasn't just the slowest strike ever recorded. It was by a mile. It was by 10 miles per hour. 31 mile an hour pitch. It, it was it was a beautiful thing to see. Just right <laughs> right in the zone. I like Austin Dio, he threw a 41 mile an hour pitch earlier this year and that was the previous record got taken so we're just throwing it this year they just decided to bring in the flamethrowers man i don't know what else to say it's a good thing your mean mercedes wasn't batting that's true you would have pissed on that (laughs) (laughs) would not have cared did you see where he like retired yeah he retired from baseball for like a day three hours (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, he got sent, he must have gotten sent down. He's like, man, what am I doing <laughs> out here? <laughs> they were all joking about how Tony Larusa ruined the man's yep. career. Yep. So I hope he's uh, all right though. Like in all uh, seriousness, I hope yeah, he's good. for sure. The dude was good. I want to see him get good again. So okay, let's get into the meat of this thing here. All right, so getting to the meat here. This is our NBA offseason episode. We're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about signings. We're going to talk about trades. We're going to give you our grades for these teams and how we think they did. So first off, let's just start talking about the draft here. The Pistons got their guy with Cade Cunningham. Rockets took Jalen Green at number two. Cavs took Evan Mobley. That's kind of how everybody saw it was going to fall. And then what do you think of the rest? What's your thoughts on the draft? So they definitely got the top three right. Uh, I think, like you were saying, but Scotty Barnes at four was a surprise. Um, he's a Florida State guy. He only averaged 10 points a game in his lone season at Florida State. And Jalen Suggs was on the board. So I was pretty surprised to see the Raptors draft Scotty Barnes over him. But he did pretty well in his summer league debut. And they think that he's going to be like a complete two-way player. And I can see that. But... I also 
don't agree with the pick. I think the Magic got a steal getting Jalen Suggs at five. And I think if this, if Jalen Suggs had been in last year's draft, he probably would have went like number two. Um, which yeah. maybe I'm overrating Jalen Suggs, but I watched Gonzaga a lot this year, and I think yeah, exactly. I think he's a stud for sure. I yeah. don't Josh Giddy, you know, he could be a point forward for the Thunder, but I I'm like kind of a Thunder fan since we live kind of in that area, and I wanted them to draft Jonathan Kaminga personally, but Josh Giddy could could turn out. Turn out good. I, I don't know. He's a foreign player. We don't know anything about him. But I think the yeah. Warriors had a really good draft. I think mm-hmm. getting Moses Moody, especially at 14, is arguably the biggest deal of draft. Um, and the Hornets getting James Book Knight at 11, another absolute steal. What yeah. do you think, man? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely can see Josh Giddy. I, I like I think I like Josh Giddy. I like Josh Giddy. I've watched the stuff. I think he's gonna be good. I think Australia following Lamelo Ball here, another Australian pick, second Australian pick in to ever be taken in the lottery. So I'd love to see that pan out. I feel like he could be pretty good, especially at six foot eight. Yeah. So um, for the Warriors to take Kuminga, I think that's gonna be really big. I think that's one of the best picks of the draft because Warriors are going to get all their guys back, and that's going to be a good second-unit player for them to fill up on their young guys. So that's going to be a good one, too, I feel like. And, yeah, I definitely think Suggs going to the Magic was kind of like, oh, my God, like Suggs is on the board. We have to take him. Because does Suggs yeah. really fit with the Magic? I don't know. But it's kind of like, I oh, my God. what fits with the Magic, dude. <laughs> they don't know what I, they're doing over there. Yeah, I don't think they had a very good fit with the Magic, but the Magic were just kind of like, oh, my God, like, that's Jalen Suggs. Like, we can't pass on Jalen Suggs. And so they took Jalen Suggs, and now they just have another point guard. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's what you got to do, honestly, um, whenever you see, like, that kind of franchise changing potential on the five. And just in the draft in general, I think I've always thought that they should just take the best player available regardless of fit. You can always trade them later true so that might be what they're wanting to do i don't know so yeah all right give me your take here who is the going to be who's gonna be the best player in the draft not is right now who is going to pan out who is your pick to be the stud in 10 years i think this is going to be known as the evan mobley draft i am really big on evan mobley he i think he's going to be the next joel Embiid. he's from usc He's a great defensive player. I think he'll develop a jump shot, and I think that he's gonna be he's gonna be awesome. I'm excited for the Cavs to pair him with Jared Allen, and they have you know those two young guards and Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. I think that the Cavs in a couple of years may surprise some people. What do you think? Well, I think that Evan Mobley could also just be another Greg Oden. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so scary taking bigs in the top 10 of the draft ever anymore because it's just in the NBA like is that going to be the guy that's going to usually a big isn't the kind of guy that's just going to turn your franchise around you know like there's definitely yeah. been some killer bigs that have been taken in the top five and just like like Carl Towns is really good is he the kind of guy that's mm-hmm. going to turn your franchise around he hasn't yet so I don't know 
I'm not saying he can't do it, but he hasn't yet. So I still have yet to been proven wrong about that fact. So yeah, you're you're hurting from that from the fact that the Suns took uh, DeAndre Ayton, aren't you? Yeah, but he he's gonna pan out. Don't worry. Okay. All right. Yeah. Anyways. Um. Uh. So the biggest bust from this draft. Who do you think it is going to be? Biggest bust from this draft. I think it's gonna be Josh Giddy. I know you like Josh Giddy, but I. I just don't see that panning out i feel like teams fall in love with the idea of a foreign player particularly after like luca's ascent to stardom but before that a lot of foreign players have went top five top ten and just been terrible in the nba or just ended up being role players at best and that's where i kind of see josh giddy fitting in i think that his i don't think his shooting stroke is going to be be there i think he's going to be more like a drive and kick sort of guy and i don't think he really has the athleticism to fit that like brand of basketball yeah i'd say for me it's tough to say i'd say my pick for who i think will be the biggest bust is probably franz wagner or wagner or wagner <laughs> or whatever it is i know his brother went to michigan he plays in the nba now I don't know what his brother's doing anymore. So uh, he's in the NBA for somebody now. It's not the Lakers anymore, but I don't know. His brother didn't do it. I don't know if he's going to do it. So um, so let's transition here to Jalen Green and uh, Kuminga went the G League route instead of the typical college route. How do you feel about that? And do you feel like that's a good idea? Do you feel like that's something that players should do, shouldn't do? If you are an 18-year-old kid finishing high school, what are you doing? See, I really didn't like it whenever they decided to do it because I feel like it takes away publicity from them. Like Jalen Green, uh, it goes number two, but nobody knows who he is. So he makes himself less marketable. Um, everyone, I feel like he's a common bust pick among like casual, casual NBA fans, just because he didn't go to college. He wasn't in the NCAA tournament. Nobody knows who he is. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that that's not the, not the right move. Uh, as far as that goes, I think that they did that so that they could get endorsements. And now the NBA or the NCAA is allowing that anyways. So I definitely don't think it's the right move anymore, but I mean, clearly it worked out for Jalen green. Like he goes number two. um, And I don't think he was ever going to beat out Cade Cunningham. So we'll like, I, I don't know. I still think that he could have been more marketable though, if he had just went the college route and waited a year to, have those endorsements and we'll just have to see what people do in the future. I think more people are going to end up going the college route, honestly, now that they have that endorsement deal going, but like it was trending to go G league. And now the NCAA is like, Oh crap. Like we need to get these top players back. So they went and did something about it. What do you think? That's true. I definitely, I guess I didn't think of it from that perspective. I definitely took it as like a, 
they want to get paid, so they went that way. And I didn't even think about getting paid with endorsements like they can do anymore. I was going to say, if I think that the way that the NCAA should work, I've been saying this argument for years, is that uh, everybody always complains about, like, well, these guys are getting full-ride scholarships. That's just as good as getting paid. But realistically, like, these guys are always going to leave in one or two years anyways. I don't know what a full-ride yeah. scholarship is going to really do for them. I think that the way that it should work is that the NCAA should give this school X amount of scholarships and get the donor scholarships and whatever they have. All this money that they give out in full red scholarships, I think should, should just be money. Like it, it should be like, hey, we aren't going to pay for your school. Here's this money. Or like they can pay for their school and then like they can have a budget basically from the donors, from the NCAA, like on top of their schooling to be like, hey, man, here's some money. Just do. It's not going to be a ton of money. It's going to be enough money to yeah. live on. It's not going to be the kind of money that they're going to make just off their endorsements. Because now with these endorsements, they're going to make tons if they're a top prospect. If they're all these studs that people care about, they're going to make tons of money. So, I don't know. I think that definitely you're right on the right track. That now that they have the NLI rules that you can uh, – or NIL rules or whatever, not even likeness rules, um, mm-hmm. that they will definitely have these guys be going to college instead of going – even going overseas like people did. Like uh, That's true. Emmanuel Moutier did that. So, I don't know. See, um, like, I'm glad yeah. to see that the NCAA changed that because you saw people were obviously paying these players to go to their yeah. schools. And now you're seeing kind of a distribution of the top talent um, to different schools that like nobody hears or knows about. I saw that a top recruit has chosen Baylor um, and that really wasn't a top school. I know that they won the, won the NCAA tournament and that obviously makes them more of a top destination. But I think with, with these new rule changes, you'll continue to see, these players going to their like hometown sort of colleges. Yeah. I definitely think that another reason that would be so cool is that this could be cool is that um, players won't want to go to the KUs and the Kentuckys and the Dukes. Like this would, could like make people want to go to Oklahoma state, like Kate Cunningham, or mm-hmm. just like not go to these blue blood schools. They can go wherever they want and still make, the kind of money that they're going to make because they're just a top recruit like that. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. All right. Getting into the meat of the episode here, we originally planned to grade all 30 NBA teams, give you our grades for each team and how they did. But honestly, nobody cared. So, we just are going to give you our top five winners and our top five losers. If you're really that concerned about it, shoot us a message on Instagram and we will give you personally a team's grade to let you know how we think your team did. Uh, so we'll just go ahead and get started with our top five, though. So off the top for me, these are no particular order, just five winners for me right here. I got the Chicago Bulls. They picked up Lonzo Ball. They picked up DeMar DeRozan. They got Alex Caruso, and they're bringing back Kobe White. They're bringing back a pretty all right team. They finished 11th in the East last year. They're 10 games under 500. So I really hope that these new guys can help them get over that hump and push them into the playoffs, which I think they will. I think they can make a decent run in the playoffs i don't think they're going to win the east but i definitely think that they can make a run in the playoffs so how do you think they did yeah yeah i had the chicago bulls down too as one of my winners 
I love what they did this offseason. Absolutely love it. They got Caruso, who's a great bench piece. And I love like Tony Bradley's game too. I think he's a great defensive player and is an underrated signing, just kind of a bench piece in addition to signing two stars in Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan. And the only person of significance that they may lose is Laurie Markkinen. But then again, he may be back. So the Bulls, far and away, one of the biggest winners of this offseason. I look for them to pair these new guys with Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and make a pretty deep run in the East. They were already starting to build something uh, last off or during the season when they traded for Vucevic and Zach Levine has blossomed into an absolute stud and I am really excited about what the Bulls have to offer yeah for sure uh who's another one of your winners who do you have I've got the Cleveland Cavaliers actually so you may disagree with me about this but I I love Evan Mobley I think he is the steal of this draft at three. I think he's going to be the best player in this draft. I'm saying this right now, my hot take, he's going to end up being the best player. He's the next Joel Embiid. So I love their pick there. I think Mobley could have gone one last year and to get him three in this draft is, is awesome. And I like the trade for Ricky Rubio. I think that he'll kind of help those young guards develop. Um, they have a problem kind of sharing the ball and Rubio is a pass first point guard. So maybe he can teach some of that mentality to them. And they went out and acquired Jared Allen during the season this past year and they got their guy. They re-signed him. They didn't, they got him cheap and they, they're keeping him. And I think he's a solid, solid piece for sure. They didn't really lose anyone. I mean, Anderson Varejao, like he <laughs> I, he's he may be back too because he hasn't signed with another team and Matthew Delavadova two Cavs legends I'd I'd like to see them come back just for the memes but other than that they they won for sure yeah I do disagree with you <laughs> um uh the Cavs finished 22 and 50 last year they were 13th in the east and I think that Evan Mobley could be good I don't know if he's gonna be the next Joel Embiid but I don't think that Evan Mobley and Ricky Rubio is the kind of duo that's leading you out of a 30-game hole almost <laughs> to get a winning record. So, I mean, you got to start somewhere. I don't think the yeah. Cavs were the winners by any means. I don't think this offseason is going to put them on the map again. But it could be a start in the right direction. I'll give you that. So, See, that's what I'm thinking here. Like, the Cavs are so bad, but they added two young pieces. And these are pieces that, like, they did not have before because they drafted two point guards in the first round, the like past two drafts. So I like the young core that they're building. And I think that it's a good launching point. And that's why I have them as winners. I like, I don't expect them to, you know, go to the Eastern conference finals or anything like that, or make like even a huge jump. It's going to take some development, but I just love the talent that they added this off season. Yeah. All right. All right, TJ, let's hear your, Next one. Yeah, my next team that I have is New York Knicks. I think the, the Knicks really had a breakout season last year that we haven't seen from the Knicks in a long time. There were 10 games above 500. They were a top seed in the East, which they lost to the Hawks in the first round. But still, I think Julius Randle really had a great, great year last year. I think that they really pieced some things together with their young guys that they had building around him. And 
they brought in Kim Walker, they brought in Evan Fournier, and they drafted Quentin Grimes, former KU product, who left and went to Houston because <laughs> he didn't do that good at KU. <laughs> but, yeah, good for him. Um, but I just think adding a Kimball Walker and Evan Fournier is a really good way to build around Julius Randle finally becoming an all-star and becoming that kind of player. And I think that that is a type of team that can get past the first round. I think that they got a lot better this offseason. So they're in my top five. Yeah, I'm I'm not with you there, man. I I think that the Knicks had – they've been hyping up this offseason – like they have previous off seasons with big cap space and they're going to be big spenders and they're going to sign a star to come to New York and lead the big apple to a championship. And they basically just re-signed their, their core, which was important. Like getting Alec Burks back is, you know, like it's, a, he's a solid piece and getting Derek Rose back is big, but Evan Fournier was signed to a huge contract and I don't really see him being much better than Reggie Bullock who they lost to the Mavericks and they didn't really get anybody in the draft like Quentin Grimes I may eat my words you know but I watched him at KU so maybe I'm a little bit biased because he was so bad at KU but I don't I don't love the picks in the in the draft the only really good thing that they did was sign Kimball Walker but he's injury prone and he's not the big fish that New York has been promising their huge fan base. So I don't think that they're a winner this draft or this off season. Okay. All right. Who's next? I got the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets. Interesting. My, my next winner. They right. got an absolute steal in the draft in James Booknight. I think that he was he was projected to go like top six, top seven. They got him at 11. I absolutely love that. I think he can be a star, honestly. I think he's definitely going to at least be a quality starter. I really like the Kelly Oubre Jr. signing too. I think that the Hornets aren't far off um, as far as like being a contender in the Eastern Conference. They have Lonzo Ball. They got Gordon Hayward. So building around them is really important and i think these are two young guys that kind of fit that timeline a little bit i'm big on timelines i don't ask me why but the only things that i didn't really love was getting rid of Devonte graham um he didn't really fit too well with the hornets after they got lonzo ball but still they didn't really get too good of a return so i'll give you that like of a downgrade on on their part, but I think that they came out of this offseason better and have the potential to be a force in the East for years to come. Yeah, I see where you're coming from on your whole timeline here. But yeah, I mean what Lamella Ball is like 20 years old. So they yeah. have a lot of Lamella Ball back if they can keep him around for a while. So yeah, I think that they definitely do need to build around Lamelo and build that young core up and they're not especially in win now mode but they're like in the maybe win now mode that's that's where i see the charlotte Hornets at they're like they're not tanking by any means but they're not going out and trying to win a championship so yeah they have a pretty good like they just have a good roster and it's a yeah. mixture of kind of win now players and young up-and-comers and i like 
for a team that's kind of rebranded themselves and there hasn't been a winner in Charlotte in forever, you know, yeah. and yeah. I can see them, you know, building a winner here soon. Yeah. I hope so. Right, I want to see them know with the ring. Yeah. Going back to earlier in the episode, you know, a big ball I'm of sure. rain, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which like Lamelo's definitely far away the, the best ball brother. And he's, he's the most marketable and arguably the most likable in my opinion. Uh, so I, I'd like to see the Hornets get somewhere. I like, I don't have anything against the Hornets and they've, their fans have had so many years of disappointment. Maybe they, they can finally get somewhere. So what, who is your next winner? Uh, I have the Washington Wizards. Okay. They lost Russell Westbrook. They, they were an eight seed last year. They lost Russell Westbrook in the trade, but they got Contavious Caldwell Pope, Spencer Dinwiddie, Montrezl Harrell, Aaron Holiday, Kyle Kuzma. Like, they have a lot of, like, not veterans by any means, but, like, pretty good role in NBA role players. Like, that's the kind of team that I think they're a better team than they were last year, and they made the playoffs last year. And they lost an all-star, which is kind of crazy to think. But they got a lot in return this offseason. They cut off some loose hairs, like Alex Lynn and Ish Smith. But... Isaac Bonga, I think 2K legend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, they got better. I think that I'd love to see Kuzma sprout there now that everybody bullied him because LeBron was mean to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know how he's gonna do in Washington with his whole whole style and his you know, he's constantly partying and stuff because it's kind of a downgrade from Los Angeles. I don't know how much he, he loves this trade, but are you is that all you had to say on the Wizards? Yeah, honestly, I just think that they got a lot of young pieces that can definitely help out. If not this year, then eventually these guys could really turn into something. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. They they didn't make my list, but they were definitely kind of an honorable mention. I think they got a lot for Westbrook, whose his efficiency is a question mark, and his age is another question mark. I like Montrez Harrell. I think he can – he can be a quality player um, if used correctly. I like the Spencer Dinwiddie signing a lot. I think I've always loved Spencer Dinwiddie's game. He's kind of an old school style player. Uh, I think he'll definitely take Westbrook's place as the point guard and do some good things for him. I don't really see them downgrading at point guard it, much, if at all. Um, they got Aaron Holiday, who I think is you know, another quality bench piece. And getting Corey Kispert in the draft at 15 is an underrated move, in my opinion. I like I like what I saw from him at Gonzaga. He's one of the best shooters in the draft, if not the best. And I look for the Wizards to maybe finally get out of the first round this year and finally be building around Bradley Beal. Yeah. All right. My next team, I'll just keep going here, okay. if you don't mind. I, I do you after you, good sir. And the next team I'm going with is the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Because these guys are bringing back Steph. They're bringing back Clay Thompson. Sorry. They just re-signed Steph Curry for a boatload of money, but it's Steph Curry. You have to pay him that much money. I, I don't think they overpaid for Steph Curry, honestly. I think that that's the kind of guy that deserves that kind of money because it's Steph Curry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there was a ton of money on that part, but I mean, they're bringing him back. They re-signed him. Clay Thompson's coming back from injury. They still have Draymond Green. 
they just re-signed uh, Andre Iguodala after he left for a couple of years. And so they got their old core back together. They drafted Kuminga in the draft. They drafted Moses Moody in the draft. So those guys are going to be good in the future, but they're also going to be good role players for this team, which is a win now. Like a win now, now, now is the, where they're sitting at. So these guys are going to help them get to that point. So I think that they definitely got better. I think James Wiseman at center with the original four Warriors is going to be pretty fun to watch, I think, because the original four Warriors played with Zaza Pachulia and Andrew Bogut. Like, having an athletic James Wiseman with them is going to be fun and a really athletic bench. So, yeah, the Warriors made my list far and away, uh, for sure. They they managed to get better like they do every offseason, it seems like. It's... It's annoying that they've been competitive for so long. And even though they've had a couple of years where they're, they're struggling with injuries and just with like Kevin Durant leaving that kind of stuff, they're, they're coming back this season for sure. I, I see them possibly going to the finals, maybe even winning the finals, but something that I also see them doing is trading like two Two of, like, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, and James Wiseman. These are three great young prospects. And if maybe, like, a Bradley Beal, even, like, a lesser name comes available, maybe they'll trade away one one or two of these guys for them and add to that win-now core. Even though I do love these guys, and I think that they can be part of the Warriors' future going forward, they are still in win-now mode. They got an older Steph Curry, an older Clay Thompson. If you think Draymond Green's, you know, still that guy, he's he's aging as well. So I think that they'll they'll trade away these guys. What do you think about that? If they're at the top of the West, then they're probably going to get traded within two years. If they're continually good, like the Warriors used to be good, then, yeah, they're going to get traded. If the Warriors are the Warriors as of the last two years, they're not going to get traded. <laughs> Draymond Green will get traded. <laughs> Yeah, see, like, another name that's popped up for the Warriors is Ben Simmons, maybe. I don't – I wouldn't trade any of these three guys. No, me neither. Wiseman, Moody, <laughs> or Kaminga for Ben Simmons. But, I mean, he's a Draymond Green-type player. So, if they did make that trade, I think Green would have to be in it. Um, but I, I, I hope that they don't trade for him because I'd like to see this team on the floor together. And getting Kaminga and Moody in this draft, but two steals like on where they're drafted, they were both projected higher. I I love what they did, even though I wasn't you know particularly rooting for them to to do well this offseason. Yeah, exactly. All right, who else you got on your list? All right, my my last of my five winners is the Miami Heat. I I really really like what the Miami Heat did this offseason. They get another star caliber player in Kyle Lowry to a team that is just two years removed from a finals appearance. I said this like in, in our first episode that they won the NBA off season and they're going back to the finals because they get a defensive stopper in PJ Tucker as well, who they sign away from a team that they're going to be competing against in the Milwaukee Bucks. They're able to re-sign their, their leader and their their bo- their most vocal player in Jimmy Butler, um, I, that contract may may not look so good in a couple of years, but as far as right now, I I like it. 
And they're able to sign Victor Oladipo back to a really team-friendly deal. And I really like that signing. I think that he can maybe get back to his all-star potential with the Heat. I like his fit with this team. And I also like Duncan Robinson getting re-signed. They didn't let him go. He's a sharpshooter, him and Tyler Hero. If Hero can pick it back up, they'll they'll be a team to watch in the East. I think that they'll be in the conference finals at the very least this season. The only thing I didn't like was getting rid of Kendrick Nunn. I especially like to the Lakers, that kind of hurts, but I I really like what he did. Yeah, I'm with you on there. They're on my list too. So yeah, just the fact of bringing back Oladipo, I think the old, if Oladipo gets to Oladipo, the old Oladipo, then this is going to be a team that you should definitely watch out for. I think that the signings of Markeith Morris and PJ Tucker too are pretty huge for the Heat because those are two veteran guys that are postseason just gamers and they're going to help you in the long run, basically. So they're not like high name, anything like that, like signing a, I don't know, like a Kyle Lowry. But I definitely think that they are two guys that are going to help them in the long run. So, all right. And of course, I have to give a, one more shout out to a winner of mine. So I'm just going to throw one in here. The Phoenix Suns just had a good offseason, you know, not biased in the slightest, but just bringing back Chris Paul and just bringing back the team that they had is just, they just knew what they were doing. They got a little bit better, got bigger uh, inside. They got JaVale McGee help out on the second unit, which we needed. So, I think the Suns are going to play the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. I think the Suns are going to go back to the finals, but I don't know. I just might just maybe. See, like, uh, I do like what the Suns did. I wish I could disagree with you just for the memes, but I like the Laundry Shamit trade for Javon Carter. I like that they're bringing in a shooter who I think is an underrated, like, bench piece. And I think that the Chris Paul signing will end up going back to bite them, but – for right now, it's it's a good look, and they got campaign on a really really good team friendly deal. Yep. So, as unfortunate as it is, I can't disagree. With you there. All right, all right. Let's go ahead Dallas and get Mavericks, baby. Oh. Oh. I can't even pretend to be like that excited about. Um, I do. I just want to hear your thoughts about them really quick. Um, because I I do kind of like what they did. I like Moses Brown. I think he's a good young player and like getting rid of Josh Richardson's $11 million salary as a bonus in that trade was a really good move. I like Sterling Brown. He's a three-point specialist from the Rockets that the Mavs brought in and getting Reggie Bullock from the Knicks, just surrounding Luca with three-point shooters is going to be a good look for them. And the main thing for them was they didn't not sign people waiting for like Kawhi Leonard, like they have in the past, just constantly waiting for, that big fish to sign with them. They they got better because they they didn't really lose anyone who contributed last year. They only added like positive kind of guys. And I'm excited for next year. I hope that they can compete with the Warriors and the Lakers and maybe the Suns. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they they they're going to help out Luka a little bit with these guys that they're getting, but the biggest thing for the Mavericks is they just need Porzingis to get back to Porzingis mode. I think I, I mean, they had a good season last year, but they are just stuck at that hump that I feel like they've been at forever. They just need to get that push. I think that Porzingis playing to his potential could get them over that push. So yeah, they got like, a C, they got like a C or something. 
Porzingis is one of the most like frustrating players of all time. I like as a Mavericks fan, he yeah. has so much potential and he has so much size and he's out here like fading away from six foot three dudes. Um, he was dominant like at the end of his first healthy season with the Mavs, but this past year it was just terrible. Hopefully Jason Kidd's system fits him better, but I, I agree. They need, they need to just take something away from Luca because he, he's not going to be able to go absolutely crazy every single postseason game or series. Yeah. Exactly. All right, go ahead and get into the losers here. I got five of my losers ready to roll. And off the top, I have the Orlando Magic. All right, loser for me. The Orlando Magic drafted Jalen Suggs, which I definitely think that Jalen Suggs is a good player. Don't get me wrong. I think that he was one of the better ones in the draft. But the Magic getting them, I don't know. And the Magic got Franz Wagner or Wagner or whoever he is from Michigan who's the other Wagner or whatever the heck their name is. Yeah, yeah. The Germans. Um, They had they drafted two guys that are going to help them out a little bit. But I think that they're just a loser for me because they had Markel Fultz. They have Cole Anthony. They have – now they have Jalen Suggs. And they have another young point guard. Like, I don't know what they're trying to build here. If they're just trying to play like a NBA GM on 2K and just draft the best player and just try to trade them for other picks later or something. But I don't know how they're going to play with four young point guards on their team. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. But I don't know. I just have them as a loser because I don't know if they got that much better or I don't know if they got that much better in the short run or the long run. So maybe Wagner is just going to ball out and tell me to shove it. But... I mean, that'd be pretty funny to see, but I disagree. Like, I think the Magic just traded away their franchise centerpiece and, like, their fran- like another good player in Aaron Gordon. Uh, they got rid of Vucevic, who was the centerpiece, in case you guys didn't get that. And they get a good young guy in Jalen Suggs at five, and he was arguably the second best, like, had the second best showing of any draft prospect during the actual season. I think that he can develop into at least a like above average starter and he's a quality like building piece. And I think whenever you're rebuilding like that, you don't really worry about the fit. You just draft who the best player is and available. And I like Josh Giddy went six. Like there's a big drop off between Jalen Suggs and the next prospects available at that time uh franz wagner wagner or whatever i don't like that pick at eight personally but i like jalen suggs and i think that for a rebuilding team they're not really a loser or a winner Um, my my first loser is the san antonio spurs yeah they let so many people go for absolutely nothing i i can't get behind what they did this offseason they could have traded DeMar DeRozan last off or last during the season last year. They didn't. He left. Uh, they could have traded Rudy Gay, who's been a quality player for a lot of years. He left. They could have traded Patty Mills, who's another quality player who led Australia to the bronze medal, dropping 42 on Luca's head, as we mentioned earlier. 
let him go for nothing. And we get, they get Doug McDermott in a sign trade. They get Chandler Hutchison and Alfred Camino. Their only good signing, in my opinion, was Zach Collins, but he's so injury prone that it's hard to even call that a win. I, for the first time in like two decades, this, it looks grim in San Antonio. Yeah, they look like they are now the tanking central of the league. I imagine that's what's going to happen very soon. But yeah, the, they I gave them a really low grade. They're like one of the bottoms of my list because just like yeah. the fact that they traded Kawhi Leonard for DeMar DeRozan and then DeMar DeRozan just walked and they lost all of their momentum there. And they lost Rudy Gay and they lost Patty Mills and they lost all these guys that were like the reason for their success in the past like not even like a championship runs just being good like patty mills isn't leading a team to a championship patty mills is the kind of guy that's gonna help a team and yeah i think that they have officially entered tankathon so yeah pop is gonna have his hands full this next yeah, he's season gonna, he's sure. gonna retire very soon <laughs> <laughs> who you got um, next Next, I have the 76ers are a loser yeah. for me. Yeah. 76ers are just stuck at that hump, I feel like. And, that, like, they have Joel Embiid, they have Ben Simmons, and they're just not getting past that point that they want to get past. So I don't know what needs to happen, if they need to trade Ben Simmons, if they need to – I don't know. The process didn't work. So – they kept processing, and now they have Andre Drummond to be a backup center for Joel Embiid. So I don't know what that was about. I don't know why why they're signing Andre Drummond, but they're a loser for me. Yeah, I absolutely agree. They were one of the worst losers on my list, actually. Like, they essentially replaced Andre Drummond, like Dwight Howard with Andre Drummond, they got rid of George Hill, which, I mean, that's not going to really make a difference. But the big thing for the Sixers is they need help, man. Like, they're a good regular season team. But come playoff time, like, it's Seth Curry and Joel Embiid against the world, which Seth Curry being so good for them hurts as a Mavericks fan. We got good old Josh Richardson for him. But, it's like, they've got they got to trade Ben Simmons, Right? Right? Like, what do you think there? Yeah, I think they do. If they're trying, I don't know. I don't think that he's the kind of guy that's helping them win championships, but I don't know. I don't know who they're going to get for him. They've been sending ridiculous trade packages to people is what I've been seeing about. Like, they don't realize that his value is so much lower than it was like a year ago, honestly. Convince Simmons was that guy. Like, at least two years ago, yeah. everybody thought he was that guy. And now everybody's like... LeBron. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't – I think that they do need to trade him. I don't know if they should trade him yet. I think that they should give it one more run just to make sure. And then be like, I, I don't know. I Because they're not making a run with the same team they had last year with no. an extra Andre Drummond. Like, they had Jimmy Butler at one point on their team with them. Like, that was the window that they had to attack in, and the window is just dwindling. And I don't know. I, you can trade them and you can start tanking again, but you still have Joel Embiid on your team, so I almost think you shouldn't. So yeah, you can't know. you can't tank like they're a team that they're the one seed in the East. I 
I just don't know. Tobias Harris is pretty decent too. Like they have a good roster on paper, but they just no, they're just not a good playoff team. I, yeah. I and they've had a lot of heartbreak, like the Kawhi buzzer beater yeah. and stuff like that. They would have went to the conference finals there. But Simmons, I think he should get traded like during the regular season. So maybe he can show out during the regular season. And some team will just be like, yeah, dude, he has so much potential. He's going to lead us to a championship in that exact, that exact thought process. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm thinking like a GM here Yeah. and they're going to trade for him and they're going to overpay in my opinion. So I think that's what the Sixers got to do, but uh, they got to do something and they got to do it soon or Joel Embiid's going to leave. Yep. So where do you see Joel Embiid fitting in the league right now? If he was to leave, where's he going? Oh, man, that's a question. The Golden State Warriors. I mean, they got the pieces to trade I for. I can him. totally see that happening. <laughs> that that would be awesome. That would be like be insane. It'd take all three of those it'd take all three of those dudes plus yeah. like prospect or plus like draft picks. But Man, that would be that would be such a great team. And I don't see that happening for at least like two years. I think the Sixers will really have to fall for them to trade Embiid. Yeah, but I agree. Maybe Embiid's contract runs out and he signs with the Mavericks and he you know runs it up with Luca, the two like foreign guys, as you pointed out to me a, a while ago. Joel Embiid is not from America. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, all right. My next loser I have is the Trailblazers. Trailblazers. Trailblazers, Trailblazers have Damian Lillard, and they just can't do anything with Damian Lillard. <laughs> Everyone thinks Damian yeah. Lillard's probably going to leave, but Damian Lillard said the other day he's not going to the Lakers on Twitter, so rule that out. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness, man. Um, yeah, but I think that the Blazers are just – stuck too and like i don't know what they're doing like i saw it what was in a tiktok the other day where it was like damien load walking in the training camp it's like the gang's all here <laughs> it's like the <laughs> same freaking team he's had for his entire career that can't make it past the second round so yeah i mean they went they got ben mclemore and cody zeller and tony snell like those guys aren't helping Tony me Snell. Much better. <laughs> have, have you seen that like me like 30 like, 36 he, minutes played zero points zero assists zero yeah he had like a perfect uh, there's another one he had like a perfect game where he shot like two for two from the field one for one from the free throw line <laughs> like like seven points or something yeah. it, I, I think that's pretty funny yeah so yeah trailblazers are at the bottom of my list too so he how you got that? I didn't. I didn't have the Trailblazers on my list, but I think I probably should have. Honestly, like hearing you say that, I I hate that they lost Zach Collins. I think he was a, like he is injury prone and stuff, but I feel like he had a lot of potential, and they don't really get they don't get better at all, and they need to trade C.J. McCollum, in my opinion just to yep. shake things up and like try yeah. something new, like the kind of the Raptors did it when they traded um, DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi, like maybe a trade like that. I don't think, you know, CJ McCollum's going to net them a Kawhi Leonard, but just, just give it a different look. Give Damian Lillard something to work with. 
I like that they re-signed Norman Powell and don't let him walk. Um, and I like the Cody Zeller signing, but other than that, like Trailblazers yeah. did not. Have they're a not. Good they're not. Season. Yeah, they're not at the point where they're helping Lillard by any means here. You know, they're not getting that guy to help them out. Yeah, I definitely think that they should trade CJ McCollum too. So, all right. We got right. a couple more losers. Yeah. So, my next loser loser is the Memphis Grizzlies. So, I did not like them getting rid of Jonas Valanciunas. I didn't like them getting rid of Grayson Allen. I mean, Grayson Allen isn't like a huge important piece on their team, but man like they don't i think they got substantially worse and they are a team that like made they won the you know eight seed game and they made the playoffs lot of this past year so they should be a team that's getting better they're young they got to get guys that kind of fit their timeline they lose justice winslow as well i mean stephen adams maybe is helping them and kind of fits that defensive written grind mold if they're trying to recreate that but i feel like the grizzlies kind of struggle offensively and they definitely didn't help their case this offseason so they're a loser in my opinion yeah i i don't know what the grizzlies are doing out there man i they got john morant and i guess i don't know what they're trying to do i don't they're not really building for the future but i guess they're kind of win, trying to win now but I don't know. These guys don't seem like the kind of guys that are helping John Morant win now. So, and I don't know why they're trying to win now with John Morant. So, yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know. All right. I got one more team is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. They're on my list as well. Yeah. They have Carl Towns. They have D'Angelo Russell, who was hurt last year, or he didn't play or. I don't know what, but they're, they're the kind of team that have just had Carl Towns and they just haven't done anything with him. <laughs> yeah. I don't no, know. They didn't do anything this offseason, really. No. It's bad. It's really did they bad. Even have any, did they even have any draft picks? It doesn't look like it, man. I don't know where those – I mean, did they go, like, in exchange for D'Angelo Russell maybe? I, I have no yeah, yeah, like they literally were a team. They finished um they finished 13th in the West. They were 26 games under 500 and they didn't do anything to get better. I don't know if they're just banking on D'Angelo Russell coming back and pairing him with Towns and Edwards and just hoping that that's the team, but they aren't helping those three at all. <laughs> they, I'll admit those yeah. three are a good three to have, but no, they're not helping those three at all. So I gave them a very, very low grade. Yeah, I agree. Um, they, I didn't like anything they did this offseason. Um, I didn't like the Ricky Rubio trade. I just – I don't know what they're doing. They didn't really do anything, and that's the problem because they're so bad. Like, they, they should be at least getting young talent, but their draft picks are gone, and that really limits them because they have no financial flexibility because all their money is tied up in, you know, Carl Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Is it time to trade Carl Towns if you're the Timberwolves? Just get what you can for him and move I don't on? Know. You... I say you, you almost got to try to just build around him while you still have him and Russell and Edwards and just 
spend some money. I don't know. <laughs> Trade your picks. Yeah. Try to get something. So yeah, I I I don't think they should trade him. I was just trying to trying to see yeah. what you what you thought yeah. there. He's still pretty young. Um, but man, they they need a new GM, in my opinion. So all right. All so right. I have I got one more loser. I don't know where we where we got off, but it's the Boston Celtics. Like, yep. like man, I I'm with you I on that one. Been, I had them as the worst, like the absolute worst loser until they signed Dennis Schroeder for practically nothing. Yeah. Like I love that signing, but man, getting rid of Kimball Walker for Al Horford. Like, yeah, I know that they love Al Horford in Boston, but that contract is terrible. It's worse than Kimball Walker Walker's and Kimball Walker is a better player. And they just traded for Evan Fournier. They let him go for, absolutely nothing they let tristan thompson go for nothing i i kind of rumbo man like they even got rid of moses brown who was a solid young like young piece which i know about him because i am a mavericks fan and we just got him for josh richardson who was a, a literal salary dump like i was expecting to get such a worse return for richardson but we get a quality young player from good old Brad Stevens, who has had a very rough start to his tenure as the Celtics GM in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't have to do it out there. I think that like, this is not something that we would expect to see from the Boston Celtics, given that they're like a typically a top team in the East. And then they finished seventh last year. They were finished right at 500 and it just kind of seems like they're just, yeah, we have Jason Tatum. We're fine. We don't need anything else. So yeah, they really think Al Horford's gonna help them. I know, I, exactly. Man, I don't know. So all right, well that's all. All right, that's all we got for the NBA offseason special. If you didn't like it, that's too damn bad. We said what we said, and that's all that there is to it. So check us out on Instagram, Twitter, two bad takes. Check out our YouTube channel that's now up and running. We only have about we're into the 20s in our followers on our Instagram. So you can still be an exclusive follower if you hop on the train quick. So Braden, what's your final thoughts? Yeah, YouTube too. We got five subscribers right now. But, I mean, I feel like it's a pretty good start. So, if you guys enjoyed, didn't enjoy, please let us know. Yell at us if we made mistakes. Um, We'll mention you in future episodes if you hit us up with your thoughts. So, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys soon.